Welcome once again to the Dr. Sky Experience, heard exclusively here on Talk Radio 77 WABC out of New York and broadcasting around the nation, around the world, and I'm quite confident out into the cosmos. Welcome to our Dr. Sky podcast, Sky Update number 25, as we move through the near mid-portion of July 2023. Well, hope you're having a good summer, even though there's scorching heat across the nation and around the world. That, of course, is a story unto itself. But let's talk and reminisce a little bit about the beautiful full moon that many of us got to see across the nation and around the world, at least particularly here in the Northern Hemisphere, as we actually should have called this particular full moon the full smoke moon. Sadly, with all the uh, high levels of smoke from Canadian wildfires, yes, it's even hard to breathe. But the moon, after it moved on to its full phase, is actually closest to us on the 4th of July. Happy 4th of July. Did you know that the Earth is at a position called aphelion? That's the opposite of perihelion, meaning aphelion is the Earth's farthest distance away from the sun. Hard to believe in the Northern Hemisphere when it's scorching hot out. But at that particular time, on that date, the Earth is some 94 plus million miles away from the sun. Well, many of us can't wait till then fall and winter. But also we find that the moon moves on to its last quarter phase on the 10th. A great opportunity to see the moon as it rises near midnight and is high up in the southern sky, at least for most of us in North America, at the time of sunrise. And yes, you can actually see the moon in daytime. Many people don't believe that. But try that experiment, as I mentioned, with the last quarter moon. The moon then continues to wane and moves on to that magnificent position. If you're into dark skies, then who isn't to see many of the things we'll talk about? We call it the new moon or the dark of the moon. That takes place on the 17th of July. But then if you start looking into the west-northwest just after sunset by around the 18th, sharp-eyed observers may get to see the beautiful waxing crescent moon. But more to it as we move into the Dr. Sky experience with our mid-July 2023 podcast. We find the moon then moves on to its first quarter phase, another great time to look at the moon. Yes, the moon at that time will be in your early afternoon sky if you know where to look. Don't look toward the sun, obviously, but the moon can be visible in the daytime sky. But at first quarter, great shadow relief with telescopes and binoculars. But let's talk a little bit more about that dark of the moon. As you approach the 17th of July, if many of you are on vacation, or at least wish you were, notice that if you have a dark location to observe the sky in, a great opportunity exists. What is that? On that particular evening, or plus or minus a few days around that date, since the moonlight is not there, and if you have a dark sky, look to the south right around 10 p.m. local time you will get to see the core of our Milky Way galaxy, so easy to see, and the darker your location, you may say, well, those aren't star clouds, Dr. Sky, those are thunder clouds. Well, you may be right in half of the explanation, because obviously in summer, the higher incidence of thunderstorms do occur, but the point I'm trying to make is, the star clouds of the Milky Way, without the presence of thunder clouds, are a most magnificent sight. Try that as you move through the constellation of Scorpius and Sagittarius. Remember, Sagittarius is the core of our Milky Way galaxy. As you stare at those stars, the stars in Sagittarius look reminiscent like that of a teapot. And I encourage you to go ahead to play websites like skymaps.com, where you can download a free star chart if you're not that tech savvy and rely on your smartphone. 
But there's other things to see in our particular sky for July. And let's talk a little bit more about planets. Did you know that the planet Venus, the goddess of love and beauty, is at its brightest on July the 9th? That's correct. And if those of you out there that have a small telescope, you'll know why. Venus is getting closer to the Earth right now. It's about 43 million miles away. By the way, as mentioned many times before, Venus gets closest to the Earth than any other major planet. It can come within distances of 25 million miles or more. But back to Venus. Take a look at it in a small telescope and you'll say, wow, it looks like a tiny little fat crescent. Well, that's exactly what's happening. As it gets closer, the crescent phase, being that it's closer, adds extra light. So simply, Venus is brightest on the 9th. But slowly, as we move out of July and into August, Venus will slowly creep into the sun, in the glare of the sun, that is, and you'll get to see it, but be careful when it gets too close. Venus will look like that, almost like a thin, thin, waning crescent. Fascinating to see. We find out that there's also a nice conjunction of planets. By around the 10th, take a look for Venus, Mars, and the brilliant star Regulus in Leo, as they all conjunct within about four degrees apart. Then something magical happens on that night. You can see Mars, six-tenths of a degree, north-northeast of the star Regulus. The star is 77 light-years away, the principal bright star in the constellation of Leo the Lion. On the 11th, the moon is near the planet Jupiter. Yes, Jupiter's coming into our, you know, late evening, early morning sky, and you'll be able to see that with no difficulty, as Jupiter, of course, the giant of the planets, still shines at a negative 2.3 on the magnitude scale. What does that mean? The higher the negative, the brighter the object. The sun, the all-time, you know, bright killer in the sky, is minus 26.5. The full moon can be minus 12. So if you go down the scale, Jupiter's minus 2.3, still quite bright. Then we find out that on the 16th, Venus is only 3.5 degrees west-southwest of the star Regulus. Interesting planetary conjunction. Wrapping it up, by the 27th, we have a new planet that comes into the northwestern sky as Venus, Mercury, and that star Regulus and Leo all get together within about 5.3 degrees in the evening sky. Fascinating things to see. Well, here's a prelude to something happening in August. Just know, folks, that the great meteor shower known as the Perseids will actually take place as we talk about August 11th, 12th, and 13th. More to say about that in future Dr. Sky episodes here on the Dr. Sky podcast and the Dr. Sky experience. But folks, if you're out here in Arizona, join us to some of the folks that we really recommend for great food. It's Yao's Chinese Restaurant there in Gilbert. They're a big supporter of what we do with Dr. Sky and Dr. Sky Incorporated. And then the two locations for great pizza, New York-style pizza. How about that for all of you New Yorkers out there? We actually have real New York pizza here in Arizona. It's Raphael's Pizza and Wings located in Glendale and in Phoenix. But folks, Dr. Sky is your navigator on the highway to the heavens. If you have questions and comments, don't hesitate. It's drskyshow at gmail.com. Let me be your personal navigator on the head to the heavens with questions and comments. And privilege and honored to be with John Katsimatidis, the owner, proud owners of WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. Each week as we provide commentary, content, and of course, interesting information from these great realms on the Cats Roundtable Sunday mornings, and also bi-weekly, bi-monthly with, yes, Frank Morano on his radio program called The Other Side of Midnight, 
when he's kind enough to let me change with him the name of the show from the, well, the other side of midnight to how about this, the infinite side of midnight, 1 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, every other Wednesday. Check times and schedules for more details. But until then, enjoy your summer. Unfortunately, high temperatures here in Phoenix next week may reach actually a near all-time record for us. The all-time record was sent back in 1990. And that, of course, happened on June the 26th when the temperature here in Phoenix, I remember it well, was 122 degrees Fahrenheit. We are expecting a possible 120, maybe even a 121 in the days to come. So wherever you're listening to us, if you have cooler weather, we certainly appreciate you and what you do learning more about the great things that happen in our nighttime skies. As we do this, for, we do this for a main reason. It's to expand our minds on the great things that occur in the nighttime and daytime skies. And get prepared, folks, for two eclipses that are happening. Solar eclipses, one, an annular eclipse on Saturday, October the 14th, visible across the big swath of the United States, and the major event, the big event that we'll be talking more about here on the Dr. Sky Experience, you bet. The great Texas solar eclipse, as we call it. The eclipse will be a total eclipse of the sun April 8th, 2024. Probably best seen in Texas because of the great weather. But that arc of totality moves from Texas all the way up into Arkansas and areas of Missouri, into southern uh, Illinois, and as it moves across the Great Lakes, downtown Buffalo, New York, even areas like Montreal, Canada, a must-see event interested in the wonders of the nighttime sky and who isn't as we talk here on wabc with the dr sky experience filling you in uh, with great information from the realms of astronomy space aviation and weather and other interviews from american exceptionalism that's the stuff of dr sky until next time keep your eyes to the sky